This is a HeadGum Podcast. Uh, hey everybody, welcome to the Jeff Rubin, Jeff Rubin Show. I am here today on the Skype phone with actor, model, and stuntman Yoshi Sadarso, an actor who has been on Power Rangers and can be seen in the upcoming movie Buffalo Boys. But today, I am going to make him talk about his time in the Waterworld Stunt Spectacular at Universal Studios Hollywood. Yoshi, welcome to the show. Hey man, what's up man? Thanks for having me. So... Uh, lots of kids, I think, want to be an actor, maybe even want to be a model, but stuntman, that's, that's a weird third thing to throw on your resume. When did you start to think that you wanted to get into seriously doing stunts? Oh, uh, you know, it's so cliche, but, and kind of ironic, I literally fell into it. <laughs> it's kind of how it happens for a lot of people. You just kind of get thrown into the business, um... I was, to, to kind of understand my story, I've always loved um, martial arts, you know, watching Jackie Chan's shows and watching Jet Li as a, as a kid, um, watching Power Rangers, watching, you know, Teenage Visit Ninja Turtles. I always wanted to do that kind of action stuff just for fun, never really thought of it as a job. Um, so I've always kind of played around with that. I got more serious with it when I was in high school and kind of learned how to do flips and all this other stuff that's like acrobatic, you know. And then I decided, you know, I'll, I'll take a job doing uh, random things. And then somebody told me that there was a casting for, first I did the show, the Knott's Stunt Show in, uh, in, in, in Knott's Berry Farm in Buena Park. That was my first like kind of into the stunt world. And then when I moved up to North Hollywood, I didn't want to drive so far to Buena Park and found out that there was a casting for uh, Waterworld Stunt Show. And I watched the show when I was younger, you know, with my parents. And so I, I decided to go audition for it. And can, I, can I ask you real quick, though, before, yeah, we get into, before we get into talking about auditioning for Waterworld? When you, okay, I think you just told me that when you were in high school, I think you said you started to learn how to do flips and stuff. Like, is that is that a formal <laughs> training or is that a thing where you're just miss, messing around with your friends, seeing what you can do and like start to realize that you have some skill here? Uh, it's definitely just messing around with my friends. A uh, couple girls asked me if I could do a flip. I told them yes. <laughs> I, I, I told them, give me a day. I'll show you tomorrow. So I, I learned how to do a backflip um, with my buddies that were like, oh, let's pull out a mattress and and throw one and see what happens. Uh, so I, I kind of realized that I had a knack for it and started watching YouTube videos and learning more and more and more. Uh, this was like 2006, so YouTube was just kind of like getting in there with all the videos and tutorials. But no, there was definitely no formal training. It was, you know, don't try this at home, and I did. <laughs> kind of thing. And at that point, did you already have a sense that you were interested in acting and you wanted to be an actor? No, absolutely not. I, I was uh, I was graduating high school at that point, and I was going to school uh, for math. I was going to teach math, and that was my plan. And <laughs> it kind of got derailed when I started doing extra work, uh, just background work for fun, and realized how much fun it was to be entertainer. 
I guess. And in what form, I didn't know. So wait, you got, let me just, I just want to get my timeline straight here. You yeah. got into stunts, you learned about stunts and learned how to do flips and like sort of developed a knack for it. And then you got involved in performing at theme parks at Knott's Berry Farm. And like, so you, you sort of got into stunts before you got into acting. Is that right? Uh, yeah, I, I guess so. I mean, in high school, when I started learning how to do flips, people asked me to be in their musicals because I could do flips. Uh, I couldn't sing, uh, but, you know, I could say a few lines. Yeah, and some, someone comes it. out and does a flip in the high school musical. That's very exciting. Exactly. So that was that was my my role in being an entertainer, I guess. So I was, like, kind of acting, and then I went to college, and I took a theater 101 class while I was, you know, studying for math. And that was when I kind of uh, auditioned for the Not Stunt show. I didn't get it the first year that I auditioned. And then the next year, when I was, like, 21, I auditioned for it again, and I booked it. And that became my job, and I had, you know, I quit my Hollister job or whatever, and to go do this. And what was that, that show was, at Knott's Berry Farm? It was called the Wild West Stunt Show, and it was acting and stunts because there was no stunt doubles. You just, it was stunt performers who could act as well. So it was a bit of both, I guess you could say. So you were doing stunts in that first show. Yes, yes. So I learned how to do high falls. I learned how to do, you know, punches, uh, fake punches. And how to do a fall. The floor was uh, a bit padded and a bit springy, so uh, we were able to use the floor to like do flips off of it. I mean, you don't really do too many flips in a Western show, but I did. <laughs> and again, no, no formal training. You weren't like, uh, hey, I've got the certificate that says I'm good at stunts. You were just like, I'm pretty good at this. You auditioned. You took you two years, but you got it. And then they were like, all right, now we're going to teach you how to fall off something really high. Right. Basically, yeah, they they audition you by seeing like, can you move? Can you take direction? And can you do acting? Can you do a little bit of acting? Because uh, you have to be able to perform as well. Everything is done while there's a mic on you and, and you have to be able to, to know how to fall on the right position, stuff like that. What um, is yeah? What is the secret to a big high fall? Is there a secret or is it just like, I mean, obviously there's something a little soft to fall on, but is there a certain yeah. way you, you try to, something you try to land on, you try to roll, what, what, what do you do? Absolutely. Okay, so when I first learned it, uh, a big thing is I was afraid of heights. I uh, was not a huge fan of heights at all. Ten feet off the floor, I was already scared. Um, but the thing that, that everybody does when they first do high falls is they try to push off of the wall to make sure your head doesn't hit the wall that you're on, right? because you think that you're gonna go under and hit the wall. But when you do that, you actually push away from the wall a lot and you kind of go too far and almost miss the mat. So it's actually better if you just trust the fall that you will not hit the, the wall that you're standing on and that you'll flip over. Once I was able to understand that, it came pretty easily. And the thing that a lot of people, so there's multiple different types of falls. You have the front suicide, you have uh, a straight up normal suicide where you just jump looking forward and fall onto your back. The front suicide, you fall forward over yourself and onto your back. There's the face off where you jump facing towards the pad and then last minute you turn so you fall on your back. So everything, if you have just like heard me talk, it's all falling on your back because the pad is designed in a certain way where it can cushion your fall but it'll still give you some spring back. Your spine bends one way, it doesn't bend the other. So if you fall on your face from a good amount of height onto these pads, it could really hurt you. So everything is designed to fall on your back and you wanna like spot the 
the weird thing, the creepy thing is you have to spot the pad as long as you can see it until your body physically turns you over that you can't see it anymore instead of trying to turn yourself over. And that's all happening in a fraction of a second. Yeah, it's, 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 it's all really, really fast. But when you're doing it, it's pretty slow. <laughs> this next question is dedicated to my very Jewish mother. Uh, what did your parents say when you told them you were getting into stunts? <laughs> oh, um, <laughs> entertainment at all wasn't an option for me. You know, they wanted me to be... So it wasn't even stunts. Like, even acting no. was controversial in your house. Yeah, absolutely. And they, they, I think, back then, you know, they were just saying no. But now that I think about it, uh, they, they were definitely thinking about, like, he's not going to be able to support himself. He's not going to, you know, he might get hurt. They were worried, right? So if, it came off as, as anger from their side. But then as they learned, oh, he's actually doing okay. He, I, we don't have to worry about him. Uh, I think they chilled off of that. The problem was uh, when they were starting to chill off of it, I brought my brother into it and he quit school and <laughs> <laughs> became an actor, a successful one. And, and, but that pissed them off even more. They were, they were happy with him, but they were mad at me for bringing him into it and just taking both of us away. <laughs> Did the danger... I mean, so this is the thing about stunts, right? It, that, this is why it's exciting is because it's dangerous. So did the danger... I mean, did, were you at all nervous to learn how to do something every day that is you know pretty dangerous you know what's weird is that when i got into it i never really thought about how dangerous it was yeah that is weird you're right <laughs> that's the very first thing i think about <laughs> if i was becoming a stuntman yeah it was like it was fun and i was being challenged to level up and continue getting new moves and getting better at whatever this was uh, that i was doing I didn't think of it as like, oh, I'm getting into stunts right now, and that's all scary stuff. I, it was like slowly like, oh, learn how to do this. Oh, learn how to do this. And the funny thing is the misconception with stunts is that it's very dangerous and everybody's a, uh, you know, adrenaline junkie, all this stuff. Whereas, you know, I had just said I'm afraid of heights. Yes, I enjoyed doing cool moves and stuff, but I was afraid of heights. I was afraid of this. But stunt guys are actually the most obnoxiously – safe dudes on the planet because they have to be able to do these things multiple 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 times and when they're teaching somebody they're all about hey if you're not comfortable i want you to step off take a breather you know they're all very calm and and very like yeah let's let's relax let's learn how to do this properly make sure let's put this pad here just in case he goes off the pad let's put this here make sure you got this back pad on you everything is super safe so you feel comfortable yeah it seems like that's the only way to stay alive if you're a stuntman right oh, is to be absolutely. super careful and to be prepared and to treat everything very seriously you got to be very smart you have to think about everything that the worst thing that could happen and then play on that and think okay how do i make sure even if that happens he'll still be safe Okay, so without further ado, I want to get to the Waterworld Stunt Spectacular. And if you'll just give me a moment to set this up for the audience. Uh, if you're wondering, uh, just let me ask your first question. Yes, this is indeed a stunt show at Universal Studios that is based on, what is it, the 1994, 1995 Kevin Costner movie Waterworld, um, which at the time was a notorious bomb because it was very expensive and was sort of did not well received but now is honestly mostly forgotten i honestly like don't think people really even think much about it anymore and yet and yet 
Uh, the Waterworld Stunt Spectacular is still running at Universal Studios. And in fact, I learned, just preparing for this episode, that they're actually uh, expanding it to the... I mean, the one in Hollywood, they built it whatever 20 years ago or whatever, and maybe if it ain't broke, don't fix it. But they are expanding the Waterworld Stunt Spectacular um, to uh, the new Universal Studios in Singapore and somewhere else. Um, so this is like a major show at Universal Studios, and even though it's based on this notorious 20-year-old bomb that no one liked if they even remember it, um, the show is incredible, and it runs to, like, a full audience however many times a day the show runs. It's, like, a very popular thing at Universal Studios, and um, it's a really good stunt show, and it's really Waterworldy too. It's, like, uh, not just... It doesn't just happen to take place on the water and use the name Waterworld. Like, the character... Like, they... They're the, you know, there's the mariner from Waterworld and the smokers. Like, it is steeped in the lore of Waterworld. So I have been fascinated with the Waterworld stunt show uh, and its existence for years. And now, finally, I can get to the bottom. Yoshi, first of all, did I did I set that up correctly? Is that your understanding of the Waterworld stunt show? I Yes, it's been like 22 years, I believe, in Hollywood. But I believe they've already got shows in Singapore, Tokyo, and, and I know some of the guys that were in the Hollywood ones uh, have gone off to go do those and then will come back to make sure they're all set up and make sure everything's done. So safe. it's already open, like they, but, they, but they're putting it elsewhere, again, even though Waterworld is like not exactly the hottest <laughs> license in like this world of like movie IP, you know? It's like not exactly the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Yeah, um, the reason why it's working so well is because, you remember, did you watch Waterworld back in the day? The movie? Yeah, I have seen Waterworld. I think I've even seen it twice, but like not si- oh, not wow. since the '90s. Have you seen Waterworld? That was going to be one of my questions yes. for you. Did you see I it before the stunt show, or did you watch it for the stunt show? Before the stunt show, before uh, it was like when I was a kid. Uh, maybe I was twelve, which watching with my parents. <laughs> one of those like, yeah, hey, let's watch a bad movie kind of thing, you know. But there's got to be people in the Waterworld stunt show that have never seen the movie Waterworld, right? Oh, absolutely. I'm. I'm. I'm almost 100% positive there's a lot of people that don't watch it, that haven't seen it, especially nowadays, now that it's, you know, younger kids are getting into the um, into the right. show. But, you know, uh, but the thing is, it's, you remember the first 15 minutes, how it was like super adrenaline pumped, uh, all these, you know, explosions and... and this is the, the movie Waterworld. The movie, the movie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's all action-packed. Basically, they just took the beginning and, and put it in the show and... It works because that's really all you need to watch from the movie. Anyway. Yeah, I bet if you go back and rewatch Waterworld, which I am not going to do, and I'm not recommending <laughs> anyone else to, but I bet if you go back and watch it, it's got some value. Um, because the reason yeah. it was so expensive is because like it's all these stunt scenes on water, and shooting on water is like very difficult and expensive for you know logistical reasons. Um, and it's like this really elaborate movie on water, the kind of which I don't think anyone would make anymore. So I bet it is kind of a spectacle, and it is a good. Um, setting for a stunt show because it's like sort of this post-apocalyptic world. Everything's on water, which a stunt show's got to have, you know, that tank of water anyway. Um, and it's got like floating platforms and action and that sort of thing. It actually is a really good, um, it is really good fodder for mm-hmm. uh, for a stunt show, except for the fact that the movie's not popular. And the thing I can't get over about it, the thing that really stuck with me about this stunt show is, like, how waterworldy it is. Like, the, it, there's, like, an <laughs> opening narration where they're like, the smokers have taken over the seas looking for the mariner. And you can just, like, see, like, these... Like, you're looking at, like, eight-year-old kids there who, cl- like, are just not really familiar with waterworld lore. Um, it's, just, it's just always been fascinating to me. The other thing I really remember about that show is, like, it opens and, like, the pirate characters or the smokers, right? They yeah. um, 
kind of interact with the audience, right? We're, well, first of all, who were you in the Waterworld show? So I played the number four, which was the fire diver. Um, so you saw the show, I'm guessing. Yes, but um, remind me who the fire diver was. So basically, uh, in the beginning, there's these characters that you said play with the audience. And it's kind of basically just us messing around with the audience. It's us as the, not the smokers. I believe those are us as, maybe we were the smokers. I actually don't know if we were smokers at that point. The smokers but were Dennis have, Hopper's gang in the movie. Yeah, the guys, Everyone right? knows that, but just, you know, I just wanted to sound smart for a second. <laughs> so they were... They, they just play with the audience kind of like uh, to start it up like, hey, what's up, everybody? So I played one of those characters and it was like, hey, come in, sit here and we'll squirt yeah, water guns at people. Obviously, the ones that we feel like are going to not get mad. Um, <laughs> and then after that bit happens, it's kind of like to get everybody settled in and sit down. The show starts and then you hear the whole uh, smokers have run over and, and there's water everywhere and whatever, that whole bit, right? Um, the recorded and then I go in the back and I uh, I stay in the costume and I come back in as one of the good guys still. And it's one of the, I guess not the pirates, but the, the people living in Waterworld. And he's strung up because they're trying to get the dirt from the girl, from Helena or Helen. Um, and then uh, they're basically like, if you don't give us the dirt, we're going to drop this guy into a vat of toxic poison. So I played the same guy, and I was upside down. I, we do a fight, and then they string me up, and I'm upside down. Um, and then they press the button, and I fall into a vat of poison, right? And the vat of poison is, you know, obviously just a pad at the bottom, which is actually a really scary stunt. I'll get to that later. Um, and then the fire, and then I go out, down out of there, and I change into the fire diver costume, which basically I play the main bad guy. I do the double for the main bad guy. So the bald guy with the eye patch. Sure. Uh, I have. He's this, the Dennis you know, Hopper character, I think, right? He's the Dennis Hopper character, exactly. And I put on the the same jacket that he has, and I put on this prosthetic head. Uh, so he is a bald head, and then the eye patch. And I climb. Um, well, I jump into the water first, so I'm all wet now. And I climb all the way to the top, and I wait for my signal for the Dennis Hopper character to kind of run around and kind of chase after. Um, the good guys and then when he comes up i basically say you know we tag in and i jump in and because he's got more of the acting beats and i play the, the stunt guy for him and um you know we put gel on all our face we do this fire gel all over our face and we do a fight um all the while i can't really breathe because there's gel all over my face and we're doing a fight with the hero with the mariner and then uh the mariner which is the kevin costner character Kevin, yeah, Kevin Costner character, and then I get the upper hand, about to, you know, take down the Mariner, and then Helen goes, hey, look over here, ugly, or whatever she says, and then shoots a rocket. I turn around, where I then press a button, and the button lights up my butt, which is already um, fueled. Your uh, butt is rigged to explode. My butt is rigged to burn on fire, and so then that burns me and I run around in circles ah, ah, and then I run towards the edge and I fall into the water and there goes me. Bye bye. And you do that how many times how many shows a day? Okay so uh, How many shows a day is your butt exploding? <laughs> on normal days uh, we've done uh, three three shows three to four shows but uh, I think when it gets to like um, winter and like Halloween 
season, all that stuff. When it gets to like peak season, uh, we'll do four or five, sometimes six shows a day, I believe. I'm not sure about six because we're only allowed to do four shows. So I'll do first three and then somebody else will come in and do the next three or whatever. Right. But okay. the turnaround sometimes is like an hour. Just checking, I gotta ask, the performance of the Dennis Hopper character, is it anything like Dennis Hopper's actual character, or does the actor put his own spin on it? Uh, it's scripted, so they pretty much uh, do whatever is scripted. I don't remember if it's very Dennis Hopper-y. I haven't seen it since I was 12. Um, I'm thinking it's a little bit like it, but, you know, uh, since it's might, they can kind of improv a little bit. So what was the stunt in that run? Was there like a beat that you really dreaded every time and every time before it started? You're like, here we go. Oh, yeah, absolutely. It was uh, jumping in the cold, freezing water before the fight. <laughs> and it, was, it just because the water was cold, like nothing about the danger? That it, okay, so it was definitely, uh, the danger was like, you know, you kind of psych yourself up for it, especially for me. Um <clears throat> I am actually one of, it's funny that you got me on this is I've only I'd only worked there for a year and a half before things changed. Um, yeah, I want recently. I want to note before the podcast Yoshi said he only worked there a year and a half and I said that is plenty of time at the at the Waterworld stunt show for us to discuss it today. <laughs> but I mean like most guys have been there since the show started. Right, right, right. There are guys that have been there for 18 years, there's some guys that are 10 years, 5 years, whatever, right? But can you do um, stunts that like <laughs> Can you keep jumping off? Can you keep doing high falls for two decades, or does it take a toll eventually? I, I mean, it took a toll on me. I don't know how those guys feel. I'm sure they've learned certain ways. Like, uh, for me, when I first started, um, so the gel that you put on your face, right, is kind of goopy, and when you, but it's protecting your face from the fire, right? So I'm gonna put it on. I goop that stuff on. But when you fall, you have to do a certain fall where you do a step off, face off, uh, branny. And basically what that is, is you step off with one foot as you're falling. At the last second, as your head is about to go under, you turn yourself 180 so that you can bring your feet down underneath you and you land safely feet first into the water because it's a 45 foot fall. If you fall on your back, that's going to mess up your spine. It basically feels like hitting concrete, right? So... Because of the way you do the fall and you're landing feet first, sometimes your head is down or whatever, but sometimes your head is completely straight up and the gel that's right underneath your nose will shoot up your nose along with some water. And then once you hit the water, you have uh, about a 10 meter, I believe, swim underwater until you get underneath the tank and you can pop up safely without people seeing you there. And somebody's watching for you to make sure you're good and then once you, you give the okay, you can swim out, right? Now, going, getting all that stuff in your nose every time, three times a day for, you know, however many long years, that messed me up. My sinuses got really screwed up because it, and it was, I was getting headaches, all this stuff. Uh, maybe five, six months into it, I said something about it to somebody because I was, you know, I was trying to be, you know, tough guy. I didn't want to say that I was like hurting or whatever. And I said something about it to somebody and they said, well, are you not taping your nose? <laughs> And I just look at him, oh, no, no, yeah, uh, I should totally have done that, huh? I'm like, yeah, no one told you to tape your nose? So basically, you're supposed to tape your nose and make sure that nothing goes inside. 
So this is something I, I had no idea. It was just a trick that they had learned, you know? Is there someone, how long is it between like you are cast for the Waterworld stunt show and mm -hmm. you are now in the show? Like how long does it take to get up to speed? And is there someone whose job is just taking, getting people and getting them up to speed, teaching yeah. them the beats and teaching them the show? And why didn't that person tell you to tape your nose? So basically it starts off in January is your audition, you get a callback, you go into the water callbacks and you do the callbacks and you're in. Once you're in, you have a two week, three week period of learning the show, learning the moves, learning the stunt to be safe. Like nobody's ever really done that flip off the top 45 feet into your feet. So you kind of have to like teach them that. Uh, some people know how to do it because they're divers, but even when you're a diver, that flip, that fall, is uh, it's not a specific dive that no people normally would do because you normally dive off both feet, not off one foot. Right. Now, when you're going into the whole two, two three weeks of prep, um, they're teaching you all kinds of things, teaching you about the show, teaching you the acting, but you have like multiple different instructors. So sometimes they forget to leave out to tell you certain tips. And it's like you're learning the show the way you're supposed to be taught but that nose thing is a tip that people are like figured out some people do it some people don't some people can blow the air out of their nose right as about to hit so it doesn't matter they don't have to tape up their nose but for me i can't like think that fast so i have to tape up my nose and right. some somebody just they didn't think about telling me about the nose thing um actually what happened when i first uh was hired on i've never done this kind of a fall so when I was learning it, um, you know, I learned it from 10 feet, 20 feet, 30 feet, and then the top. I was getting it pretty good, but I couldn't get it perfectly. And uh, this is this has not happened to anybody uh, in all the years that they've had this. But I actually fell incorrectly on one of the falls uh, off the 45 foot on a, on the, the the end of our first week, and I shattered my teeth. I basically took off with the wrong leg um, because they told me like a certain move, but I do that certain move, but I twist the opposite way. So I should have gone off my right leg, but I went off my left leg and I got all kinds of twisted and I landed on the water almost flat face first. Luckily face first, not on my back. And it kind of hit the water, the water hit my chin and the chin, like my teeth just you know, clacked together really hard. I got out of the water. I was fine. Everybody was freaking out. And I was like, I'm fine. My chest hurts a little bit, but I'm fine. And then I felt my tongue felt a little bit sandy. So I, I spat out, you know, I didn't know what was in my mouth. So I spat out and like top six of my teeth had been broken. And it was like, uh, it looked like shark teeth basically. And so, like pieces of my teeth were in my hand. So your current, I mean, so you have fake teeth now? How did this resolve? I have veneers. I have veneers. Cool. I know, it looks great. So I'm kind of like, sweet. But, you know, that happened because I, I, again, didn't know what I was doing. And I should have been like, I don't know, paying attention to something else, practicing it more or whatever. But it was definitely, you know, my fault. Um, but that was that weekend. I basically went to a gym after they put in my fake teeth, like a temporary one. And I just kept doing the move over and over. And it was when I realized it was my right foot instead of left foot. I landed it perfectly every time. Monday comes in and they're kind of like, hey, if you can't get this move right, like in the next two days, we're gonna have to cut you because it's not safe. And I totally understood. So I told them to take me to the top and they're like, no, no, let's start bottom. I was like, no, no, trust me, take me to the top. 
And then they're like, okay, you get one go at this. If you can't do it, you're, you're going home today. I was like, okay, I got you. And I went up there, took off with my right leg, and it landed perfectly. And everyone was like, dude, why didn't you just do that last week? Ah. I, did, I didn't know. <laughs> so dramatic. Right. Like, that's like a movie. Like, everything is on the line. You have to, like, do this dive. Yeah, and I felt bad because I was like the – when they hired me on, one of the guys basically vouched for me. And he was like, no, no, he'll be fine. He's going to get this. He's going to get this. So he was trying to teach me the move, and it happened – like after that and he felt really like responsible and I felt bad for kind of letting this guy down my mentor you know so when I did it he like gave me a big hug and I was like yeah I did it (laughs) uh all you know the incredible thing about those shows is like leaving and like knowing you are going to do it again and that it oh it basically you know give or take a fall here or there almost always (laughs) goes to plan is there like a show over the year and a half you did it like one specific uh performance of it that stands out where like something crazy happened uh you know Waterworld is pretty tight-knit so they're they're really good about like everybody getting things done in the right like you know perfect moments i have three beats i have the beginning beat where i play with the people and whatnot and then i have the Second beat where I'm upside down and then I fall uh, onto my back and then the fire, the fire fall. Now, those three beats, you can't really, like, if you mess that up, it's a big part of the show and it, it's only three beats. So my beats have never really been messed up super crazy because I tried to do everything perfectly each and every time. The fall was the same way every time. But the only thing that I could have messed up on but people didn't notice is when you get in the water you have to swim the 10 meters and uh let me let me reset this up okay so when you are doing the fire dive right you have to come in in the morning and you have to set up uh your towel your towel that goes on your back uh and you put it into this and you a bunch of fuel in there and you let it sit in there and kind of get fumed up so when it's your show you jump in the water, you climb up these 45 feet of stairs, you put that on your back, right? And it smells like all kinds of things. And then you put this goop of you know gel on your face. And once the gel is on your face, you can kind of breathe, but not really. And then you go out there, you do this fight, hand-to-hand fight with a weapon. Um, and then when you get lit up, as soon as you're on fire, you have to be running and moving because the fire needs to stay behind you. And if it's windy, you have to really run, otherwise it'll, you know, cover your face or whatever. It'll catch your eyes, and and you can't breathe this whole time because if you breathe, the fire likes to follow the oxygen, right? So it's gonna go inside your mouth, which I've done. It wasn't that bad, but I've done that because I didn't realize. Anyway, so you're you're not breathing this whole time. You're running around, and then you jump off, and as you're falling, you can take a sip of breath. But the rest of the time you're falling, you want that fire behind you. So that's why you're doing this flip a certain way and twisting and landing on your feet. So you're not breathing all this time because you're fire. You don't want the fire to get around you. Once you hit the water, there's no popping back up for breath. It's hit the water and go and swim the 10 meters. So all that time I'm not breathing. I hit the water and I'm going. And I think that I've made it far enough because you've got a wetsuit. So you can't really swim all that fast and you have to like – constantly try to sink yourself down so nobody sees you so you're you're swimming and you're you're dying right and i feel like i've made it all the way to where i need to be and i come up with a quickness 
problem was I was on the edge of the the I guess uh, the platform, and that hangs down a lot further than the middle of the platform. So I shoot up <laughs> and straight to the side of the platform, and it's like it hits my head square on the like uh, right in the middle. It gave me a huge headache, and I kind of was like wobbly for a second. But luckily, there was that you know the prosthetic head that protected me, and then my the buddy that saw me do that he usually like just gives you a thumbs up he like jumped in and grabbed me and pulled me towards the middle of the platform but that's like really the worst thing that's happened during the show it's not so bad i've had other guys who like they have more stories of like when they're on the jet ski that happens a lot more because they're on the jet ski the whole show and they're you know swimming around that whole thing some people will miss their jumps whatever little things like that but generally nothing too too crazy happens if it does we have to cancel the show um, so, this whole time while you're doing this, are you, like, auditioning for other roles? Yeah, yeah, definitely. So, it's, it's perfect job for somebody who is doing stunts or getting into stunts because uh, then you can be hustling, you can be auditioning and, you know, doing whatever else you need to do because you come in, work, you know, two, three days a week and then the other days you have free to train or, or audition or whatever, right? And then that's enough for you to pay rent <laughs> for now right so this is fun because um i have been looking i've been obsessed with the water world sun spectacular and its existence as i have hopefully demonstrated and i've been looking <laughs> for a long time for someone who's been a part of the show to talk to i posted on facebook um does anyone know anyone our mutual friend michelle Carre uh connected us thank you michelle michelle by the way is a great youtube channel where um she like uh, meets up with various trainers and like trains as if she was doing different things. Like she trains um, like an Olympian or she trains like uh, the guy who played Spider-Man. All these different things. It's very fun. So thank you again, Michelle. And uh, anyway, Michelle connected me with you. And I'm like, oh, I've been looking for this person for years. This is great. I'm going to talk about the War Wilson Spectacular. Um, but then I Google you and it turns out you're also on Power Rangers, which for most people I think would probably be the headline. Um, and I, I guess is probably for you too. And you've also, I, I'm trying to catch up here. I'm a little behind on Power Rangers. Do I have this right? You've you've played two different characters on two different like iterations of Power Rangers, right? Yes, yes. And are those characters related, or are you just like an actor playing two no. characters, like Deadwood style? Uh, just an actor playing two different characters. Yeah. And these characters are, to be clear, they're both Power Rangers. They are. They are. And which so, which rangers were you? Okay, so I was the blue Dino Charge Ranger for the TV show Power Rangers Dino Charge and Supercharge. And the other Power Ranger that I was is the Silver Time Force and Green Hyper Force for uh, a show called Power Rangers Hyper Force. Now, Power Rangers Hyper Force is it's a it's actually a Twitch live stream. It's a D and D style for Power Rangers. I see. So, Basically Dungeons and Dragons, but it is um, Saban sanctioned and they funded it. And basically my brother and I, so my brother, Peter Sidarso, plays the Blue Power Ranger currently on the show right now. Family he business. Booked the show. It is a family business. He booked the show after me. And after he came back, he came back uh, last year, we started talking to Saban about doing a D&D Power Rangers. And... Luckily, they were already working on something like that. So he ended up being the Red Ranger for that show. And I couldn't be on there, unfortunately, because they started filming when I was out in Indonesia filming my new movie, Buffalo Boys. 
So then when I came back, they brought me on as the sixth ranger, as they normally do. You know, they have the five, and then the, the sixth ranger comes later. And you guys are playing a, a role-playing game that, like, takes place in the Power Rangers Angel Grove universe? Right. And... But the actual, the you know, the actual show Power Rangers, mm-hmm. like you said, you grew up watching that. Like, what's it? I mean, is that is that was that like the goal was to be a Power Ranger, or did you just get lucky? I okay. So first of all, I mean, the goal was like you know to just I, I didn't have a goal. I was not sure. I was just kind of playing around. And then you know, I've always you've always wanted to be a Power Ranger, right? Like a '90s kid, you you definitely wanted to be a Power Ranger. Um, and I. I was doing a music video for somebody, and the stunt coordinator there uh, put me on as like the Red Ranger. It was like a cheapo knockoff, whatever. But I did the poses, and it was the poses from the original show because I love the show, so I know all the poses. And he was like, "Whoa, dude, you, th- those are the correct poses for the Red Ranger. How did you know that?" I told him I was a huge fan, and he was like, "Well, good. How would you like to be a Power Ranger?" I was like, "You can't." What kind of question is that? Of course, man, like <laughs> 100%. So he told me to come to a fitting, and basically he was the coordinator for all the live shows for Power Rangers. And it's like, you know, when Comic-Con or whatever, these Power Rangers come out there and like kind of wave and take photos with people, they are, you know, the official Power Rangers. They come out whenever there's a, a new thing or whatever, right? So I did that for about two years while I was doing uh, Waterworld. At the same time. So when I was at Waterworld, you always say like, oh, you may have seen this guy from this show, this show, this show. If you don't have a show, they've never like you've never worked on anything. They'll just say Power Rangers just for the heck of it. Ah. Yeah, that's like so the then, law and order of L.A. Yeah, basically, that's what they're saying is like everybody's going to be on it, whatever. There's so many seasons. It's fine. You just say what you were on it. So they said that. And I was like, oh, technically, I am a Power Ranger because I did do all these live shows. Now, when I was doing these live shows, I met the actors and I asked the actors how to how they became Rangers, right? Basically, because I was like, man, I want to be I want to be the face like uh, the suit's great and all, but I want to be the face of this. How do I do that? So I asked them and they told me um, who the casting director was and, you know, they were they were nice. And then so I decided to reach out to the casting director when I um, when time came to audition for the next season. And she was like, yeah, come on out. You know, and I told them about my brother as well. So we both auditioned. Uh, we didn't get very far. I didn't get very far uh, in the first audition. My brother went all the way to the end, and then something happened, and he didn't end up getting it, unfortunately. But so both of us, you know, were like, oh, interesting. That was our first theatrical audition. So then we started to like really hone down on our acting skills. Whereas I was kind of like taking acting, but more more stunt side, uh, because I was realizing, oh, I'm better at stunts. I book more stuff as stunts. And then when the second, so they, they recast every two years, Power Rangers. Uh, so then two years go by and new season and the auditions come back out and they immediately send stuff to Peter and they're like, hey, we really want you to come back. You know, you were great last season. So come audition again. You know, it might be a spot on the team for you this year. So then he was like, bro, you got to come with me. At this point, I was already like, I don't really want to, you know, I was kind of, kind of giving it up. I was like, dude, you're the better actor, you know, you're better looking, you do it. <laughs> so then, uh, but he, he kept pushing me and finally I went back in and I ended up getting all the way to producer session, both he and I did. And then uh, he was auditioning for one role, uh, the nerdier character, and I was auditioning for this like burly caveman character. And... 
I ended up getting it, and because I got it, he couldn't get it because, you know, the whole rule. <laughs> um, so he didn't get it, and I booked it, unfortunately. But then two years later, he went and auditioned for it and booked it as well. And kind like, a crazy story. <laughs> now, help me understand this, because my understanding, and I don't want to brag, but I've also had yeah. Jason Narvi and Paul Schreier, who, of course, played Bulk and Skull on this podcast a few yes. years ago. So I have some understanding yeah. of how Power Rangers okay. is produced. A lot of it yeah. is produced in Japan, right? That's like the gimmick almost. It's like a, a half the footage is like from unrelated Japanese shows, right? Yep. So mm-hmm. what are you, like, so... But there's still stunts featuring the American kids, like, out of costume? Are you ever doing stunts in costume? Uh, okay, so, yes. So, basically, Super Sentai is the show from Japan. And they do a new show every year. At first, when Saban got it, he started doing a show every year. And then they were trying to keep up with the Japanese. Uh, but and then they sold it to Disney, and then Disney uh, sold it back to Saban, and now it's with Hasbro. Anyways... Now, like eight years ago, they started doing every two years as a season so that it's slower. That's why it took two years. Now, they don't have us in the helmets. Like, they still do all the shoots with the helmet on for all the, um, for all the stuff that we need that are not in the Japanese footage. But generally, all the, the fight footage, all the helmet, all the Megazord is all Japanese footage. And they just kind of write a new story around it and boom, they got a show. Um, what they do is they have the Japanese stunties actually come from Japan and shoot in New Zealand with us and they double us for either the civilian costumes or the ranger costumes we never put on the helmet because there's no point because you put on the helmet for the day and then you have to take it off to do a scene and your hair is all messed up because it's you know the helmet and all this stuff your makeup's all messed up so they have stunt performers for that I booked it as an actor, so I was able to do a lot of my own action. Um, like they actually ended up giving me a lot of fights as the civilian character, uh, where you can see my face and I'm fighting before you know they decide to morph up, right? Because it's like fight, fight as a civilian, never escalate, and then when they do something crazier, you morph and then they fight and then they become big and you become big, right? The idea is you don't escalate, so you don't morph right away. And that's why it's fun to, like, since I was able to do a lot of my own action, I was able to fight with my face shown. That's fun. But do you remember, this seems like it would be the highlight of being a Power Ranger. Maybe you can tell me what the highlight would be. But for me, I, I, it seems like, do you remember the first time you saw your morphing sequence where you became a Power Ranger? And, like, how did that feel? <laughs> yes, dude, absolutely. That was actually one of my favorite parts. Like, doing it was really fun. But seeing it on TV, I was like, oh, that's me. <laughs> and do you, uh, and do you have an action figure? I do. Uh, actually, I'm looking at a bunch because a bunch of people give me action figures. So, like, I'm in my computer room, and I have all my figures set up. And a lot of it is myself, which is kind of narcissistic and weird. No, man, it's cool. You're an action <laughs> – dude, you're an action figure. You can enjoy that. What was, yeah. your, what was your Zord? Do they still have Zords? I'm sure they still have some giant yes. robot. They do. Uh, mine was unfortunately a Stegosaurus, but it's still cool, you know. Are you kids. like? What, 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 did they combine? <laughs> Were you like the right arm when they combined or something? So this season we, okay, we had the most rangers of all. We had twelve, ran- eleven rangers. That's too many rangers. I'm just gonna say it. I'm sorry, that's but that's just too many rangers. <laughs> yeah. 
it starts off with five. We get a sixth one, and then we have like five other ones that come in every so often. So it's technically six, like a normal team, but overall there is like eleven. It's crazy because we have like a we have black, but we also have graphite, and we also have silver. Yeah, do we kids have, do kids appreciate the difference between graphite, black, and silver? Uh, apparently so. I mean, they have blue, me, right. and they have this guy named uh, is an Aqua Ranger. Okay. So it's like <laughs> it's very like certain days that he was on set and I was on set, my blue shirt had to be a certain color so that it didn't match his shirt too right. much. <laughs> it was kind of a weird thing. But yeah. <laughs> I think my favorite part was when I got to say like it's morphing time on set. Like Oh I my knew- god, what a- amazing. I'm chills just yeah. thinking about it. <laughs> Dude, I, I feel it, man. And it was like a, a really tough day of work. I was shirtless and it was like uh, cold and we were on the beach and I was, they were spraying me down with sweat. So I was miserable. But the only thing that kept me going was in my head. I was like, at the end of today, I get to say it's morphing time for the first time and it's real. I don't just say it for fun. You right. know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It, and I got to put, put my own spin on the, on the way you say it's morphing time. Because usually you say it with bravado and it's like, it's morphing time. Right? Yeah, yeah. How did you do it? Well, my character, he's a caveman, so he doesn't understand English all that well. So, <laughs> uh-huh. it's, it's still, so he's kind of like just trying to play off what everybody else is saying. And, oh, I heard him say it this way, so maybe this is how I say it. And it's kind of like, for me, this is how I said it. It's a moving time. Amazing. <laughs> so he's like confused. He's like, yeah, I think this is it, you know? <laughs> and do you get like recognized by kids for being a Power Ranger? That's the crazy part is, um, I don't know if you saw photos when you were looking it up, but my, my hair was uh, super long and it was curly and uh, I was kind of like a, uh, the way I spoke was goofy and whatnot. So when kids actually like come to see me, like they know it's, I'm supposed to be the Blue Ranger. They're kind of confused first and because my hair is short now and uh, I've actually dyed it white and I, I, I speak like a normal person. So they're kind of confused at first. And then that's when I, you know, pull out the Coda voice, and that's when they kind of, oh, Coda! So cool. That must be so fun to, like, see them light up like that. But my brother gets recognized a lot more because he looks like his character. Right. And, I mean, were you, when you were on Power Rangers, were you at all able to draw on your Waterworld, all your live stunt experience? Did all that pay off and help you, you know, be a better ranger? Oh, absolutely. I mean, all of it all of it played off, you know, because uh, Rangers is a fun show and Waterworld, we had that bit of fun in the beginning and I got to play with that, all the, because um, especially my character is uh, is more of like the comedic role. So he was like, a lot, all, all, all the times, like he was in the back and kind of just doing silly stuff, like figuring out, oh, what is this? Because he doesn't understand what things are in this new modern world, um, especially because of that character. And, uh, there was no firefalls for me, but I got to do a lot of fights. So, you know, Waterworld stunt show, we did some fights, and that helped me with that. Uh, is it different doing fights live versus doing one for camera? Yes, absolutely. Different skill set, right? Different skill set, especially, like, live performance. You have to be a lot uh, more, like, intent is, like, you have to really show it. I'm punching with my right, so everybody in the audience can see that you're punching with your right. And... The, the person that's fighting you can see that that's coming right away. You know, you get one take. Whereas um, for TV, you know, they can cut into a closer beat of this moment or, 
you know, you do two, three beats and then you cut and then you change the angle, three beats here. So you can go a little harder, a little faster, and you can be a little closer, you know, and be more intricate because people can catch, the camera can catch what you're doing. Like, oh, I'm blocking here, but while I'm blocking, I'm also, you know, um, dropping a knee to a stomach, whatever, you know, so you can see multiple moves. Is there a favorite Power Rangers, like, episode you did or scene you did? I can tell you, I actually just remember just talking to you now that I remember, I, I can tell you Bulk and Skull's favorite episode, which I think you, as a Power Rangers fan, you might be interested in. Which one? It's the one, I watched it, and it was crazy. It's was like, it in, in space? No, it's not in space, but it's, it's almost like the series finale. It's like the apocalypse, and, like, the bad guys have won, and they're yeah. all, like, sitting, oh, that's, that's the one, right? Yeah, that's yeah, yeah, in space, when they're, like, rallying everybody up. Yeah, it's like, it's like on, um, guys! It's like, what's that movie where the Russians invade uh, America? Red uh, uh, Red Dawn. It's like Red Dawn. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. like, they're all sitting around a campfire and, like, hope is lost. Like, it is, it's like, it's really quite dire. It's like a very unusual tone for Power Rangers, and they really like that episode, I recall. Dude, I got chills from hearing that, because that was, like, when, when I was young, when watching that, I was like, oh, bulk in school! Get it, you know what I mean? And that's why everybody wanted him, them to be Rangers. I think they point. finally get like a heroic moment in that episode because I think somehow they're like bards who somehow inspire everyone to have hope in the Rangers again, and that somehow you know sets off the ending. Absolutely, and I, I think that's a really strong episode. I mean, I remember it; it's so iconic. Yeah, there's probably know? very few Power Rangers episodes where like uh, things change like that, you know, that are like quite that dramatic, you know. Um, are yeah. there any, like, on the run you did, were there any that were like that, that were like, uh, I don't know, almost like se- series finale-ish episodes? You know, okay, so the series finale, like, that was cool for me, but the coolest part for me, uh, the one that really got me, was the scene, uh, episode four for my season, it was actually when I, when I first got to say it's morphing time, like, I got to lead the morph, which is always cool, because Red usually leads the morph, but that's episode um i don't know if the producer did and the writer did this on purpose or not but i'll never know to this day but my, you know they know about me and my brother and my brother's name is peter they know all about that and my character in there has a younger brother named taku and you know he's lost in the stream of time because he wasn't frozen in time with me and he's probably dead i don't know whatever right basically um the episode starts with you know, Coda protecting this little boy and come to find out his name is Peter. And I had to do this scene was like, listen, kid, like you're going to be okay. Everything's going to be fine. I'm going to protect you. I'll be the one to protect you because I have a brother just like you. And you know, all this in my head is like, I have a brother just like you. I'm thinking about my brother and his name is Peter. And I'm like crying on set. And, <laughs> and they were like, that's perfect. That's great. And watching the episode, it was really a heartfelt uh, episode for me. I had a lot of fun doing it. And you're still acting. Tell me about yes. uh, Buffalo Boys, because I saw, and this looks cool, because you have, this is like a Western that's coming out, and you have like, a, a, it's a, it looks, from what I can gather, it's like an ensemble, um, and you have like a character poster. It's like Yoshi is yes. whatever your name, character's name is, which is really cool. So what, what's going on with that movie? Okay, so uh, first, before we move on from Rangers, I want to say that I, I actually worked with uh, Paul. Oh great! Power Rangers, Power Rangers Hyperforce. He actually becomes the Ranger. He is the Yellow Ranger for our team. Really? I got to catch up with that. I think that's since I interviewed him. <laughs> it's a it's a fun little thing. It's like you know, if you're into D and D at all, it's a lot of fun. That's cool. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, so 
uh, Buffalo Boys is actually, um, it's not really an ensemble cast. Uh, it, yeah, the character posters kind of make it look that way. Um, I, I play Suo, which is actually the lead character. He is um, the prince of Indonesia. It's uh, me and Bayu, Aryo Bayu, plays the two princes of Indonesia. So basically it starts off with Indonesia in, uh, in 1880s and um, the sultan, my father, our father, is being attacked by the Dutch colonization, uh, the Dutch colony. <laughs> um, and basically we have to, we are taken by our uncle to go run away and we go to America. We go with uh, our uncle to America, 28 years in America, and then we come back to Indonesia for revenge. So we lived in America for 28 years, we became cowboys. So basically the two of us are cowboys coming into this world, bringing you know, guns a-slinging and, and explosions and Winchesters, and we're basically coming in to take revenge on this guy who murdered our father and took our entire city and to liberate the city that he's um, colonized. So, and, yeah, yeah, sorry. So, no, no, go ahead. It sounds like there's a lot of, you, you get to fight a little, do some stunts in this one too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And doing stunts like on a movie, is that different than doing stunts in a TV show, which is different than doing stunts for theater? Um, yes, it is in a sense. Um, you, okay, so generally movies, ha- they take a lot more time, right? This movie in particular, we had two months to shoot it, so it was pretty fast-paced. But the beautiful thing about this is that they had been in prep for a month and a half before that. So all the choreography was already planned out before we got to the day of the training, before we got the day of shooting. <clears throat> so I had been training, doing the choreography, making sure we knew it. I mean, things changed once we got to the space, but it was all pre-choreographed, and it's all like, you know this has to happen a certain way and this and that and that. Whereas for Power Rangers, it was for TV. So most of the time, uh, it was we would get on set. The stunt doubles would be like, hey, we just worked on the choreography. Here's the five, six beats you're doing. And then we'll teach you the rest when we get to the next shot. So it's it's more like, oh, learn it on the spot. Learn it on the spot. Whereas a movie, you kind of have that prep, right? Granted, it was like a month of prep. And then, you know, a month and a half shooting all the acting. And then we shot all the action near the end because um, we were all in a studio. So we were just like, oh, well, if you do the, sh- uh, the stunt stuff later, you're more likely, you're more, less likely to get hurt and not be able to do the acting beats. Right. And is it more fun? I mean, is it, is it, I don't know, do you enjoy having that extra time? Is there like, is that the mode you want to be in? Um, I, yes, I, that's definitely like, Important, I think, especially if it's like intricate, intricate choreography, um, and you've got like two actors doing it. That way, you can really practice with the other actor um, to kind of get the things down. And when you kind of keep playing with the choreography, you find new things to add to it, things you don't remember. Like I, I remember doing some stuff for Power Rangers, and and thinking in my head, ah, oh, I should have done that other move instead. But we had no time to think about that. You know, I was like, oh, I could have highlighted this one new jump kick that I had just learned or whatever. Whereas when it's, you know, you're training and training and training for a whole month, you can think, oh, you know what? Why don't I do this here? Is that okay? Like, yeah, that looks great. And when you're on set, you're like, oh, yeah, that's right. I wanted to add this move into it. You know, so it was, it's definitely, um, 
I guess, better for the creative side of it. Do you always want to have stunts and acting together? Are you interested in doing one without the other? Or is it like always got to be together for you? You know, I don't think it has to be together for me. Um, the two big things that I've done, Power Rangers and Buffalo Boys, uh, it's been both together. Uh, but I actually, a lot of the stuff that I do, um, you know, like indie or whatever, I don't have as much uh, action into it as much because, uh, you know, I want to explore other modes of things. I mean, the thing is, when I was on Power Rangers, we barely got to do a lot of action because it was like a lot of, most of it is our stunt doubles. So that had me itching for stuff, but it was also eight months of filming. So I was like itching to do some action on screen, you know, but maybe it's because in my head, I was like, oh, it's an action show. So I should be able to do something. Um, maybe if I had already known going into it, like, oh, you're not going to really get to do much action, then maybe my head wouldn't be in that space. But um, a lot of the stuff that I am sent out for now in, in in Indonesia or out here in LA, uh, most of it doesn't require me to do much action. Like I'll get one or two auditions a month that is like, hey, uh, they need to know if you can do action, so we're gonna send them your action reel. I was like, okay, great, sounds good. <laughs> but generally, it's not really action based. So when does Buffalo Boys come out? Buffalo Boys comes out in July. Uh, it'll be airing in Indonesia first. The release is in Indonesia. I'm going out there for a whole month and then doing like a press tour and stuff. Cool, that's gonna be fun. Then, oh, I hope, I, I can't wait. I, I, I'm so stoked. Like we get to travel like Indonesia and kind of just, there's like 17,000 islands in Indonesia. So I don't know how many islands we're gonna hit, but yeah, I'm, I'm excited for sure. Cause it's also like going back to my roots. Um, I was born in Indonesia and uh, I moved to America when I was about nine. So it's kind of like relearning my language, relearning my culture, and kind of reassimilating myself to it. It's nice. And I think we're going to Canada too, uh, Montreal in August for the first international release at uh, Fantasia Film Fest. Cool. That's great. So, Yoshi, yeah. how can we follow you, stay on top of uh, the movie's release and you and your upcoming work? Uh, you can follow me on Instagram and Twitter at Yoshi underscore Sudarso. And, uh, yeah, those are probably the best ways to find me. Great. Well, Yoshi, thanks so much for making time, giving us a little insight into the world of stunts and acting and Power Rangers and, of course, Waterworld. Uh, <laughs> really appreciate it. Thanks so much. Thanks for having me, man. That was a HeadGum Podcast.